Hello and welcome to Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode 10. Can't wait to have Gloria Mamarov on today. He's a special guest of ours. All of them are special. And all of them are very brave and considerate for giving, giving us their time. There have been several people who have been very afraid to be on this show. They've been afraid because of their jobs. I don't know why, but I love an explanation. Afraid of their social status or afraid of being ostracized. So I don't, I don't really understand that. If you're going to put up memes and, 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 and posts and stories on your Instagram and Facebook about Black Lives Matter, I don't, I don't see the difference between doing that stuff and talking about your own life. That, that's just my own personal opinion. Let's talk about a subject that's very close to all of us right now that just happened recently, which is Richard Brooks. Now, Gloria, we're going to bring you on in a second, but we're going to talk about Richard Brooks for a second. So I don't know if you know about what happened to Richard, but Richard was sitting at a Wendy's and he was drunk. He had been drinking and he was sitting in, I believe, the driver's seat. I don't know how many of you. Now, we have a gigantic audience right now. Please give us a call at 515-602-9609. Give me a call. And tell me how many of you in Europe and Russia, <laughs> across the world, because we have a big audience that's around this world, how many of you have been drunk in front of a restaurant, in front of a place of business, because you didn't want to drive home because you were drunk? Or tired, which is the same thing, by the way. So Richard is drunk. Two police officers come up to him, and they want to do a, uh, a frisk, search and frisk. They pull him out of the car. They bring up the, the module in order to check his, his uh, BAL, blood alcohol level. They find out that he is drunk. He fights them back. As they try to pull him to the floor, he fights them back. He pulls out one of their taser guns. That's big, shiny yellow, more like fluorescent. He starts to run away. And then midway, he turns around and shoots the taser. Now, I'm not quite sure if it hit the one officer or not. It doesn't really matter. And as he turns around, the officer puts two bullets in his back. Now, I don't know how many of you are aware of the law that it is not okay to shoot a person in the back who is fleeing even a felony. But I want to put two, two points in front of you right, right real quick. That's pretty much going to solidify this argument. One is they had his car, so it's identifiable. They can find him. And two, they had his driver's license. So it's, you just drive to his house. You know, I'll put a third entry in there. You could cordon out pretty much up block value. I mean, how far could he run? You can put like two block value around him and then catch him. And said they shot him in the back. And he's dead now. So the arresting officer who has now been fired and is being prosecuted for murder said he didn't get due process. Well, you don't understand how to de-escalate. You don't understand basically the law, which is it's not okay to shoot even a felon in the back in the midst of a felony 
or a misdemeanor. It's not okay. And there were other options to use. Several options to use in that incident. Several options to use. So is his killing a murder? Well, you know, I look at Congressman uh, Val Demings from Florida, who made the comment that, yes, I mean, she worked for the police department for over, over 27 years. Yes, it is a homicide. I mean, I think we've all, all would have found that out. Why people burned down the Wendy's is beyond my comprehension because the restaurant was was innocent. <laughs> but, you know, Richard Brooks deserved to be alive. And I can understand people's anger over this. Now, there's a lot of people in the government that don't believe that systemic racism exists. So I'm not going to name any names, just like I normally do. But if you don't believe systemic racism exists, you need to go home. You need to read some books, watch some movies, watch some documentaries, and do some soul searching. I mean, seriously, do some soul searching on America what we were built on, what we consider, consider our original sin, what we consider things we've done in our existence as a country. If you don't think or believe that systemic racism exists, I think there's something wrong with your cerebral cortex. I think there's something wrong with your frontal lobe. I think there's something wrong with the way you see the world. Seriously, I think there's something wrong with you. I'm going to get off my high horse, but I really want you to think about Richard Brooks. Um, I think it's very important, um, important information. I think it's an important situation. Uh, People were worried about it all weekend long. And and, uh, unlike George Floyd, you know, it's it's being taken care of immediately. And uh, we'll all be keeping a close eye on that. So let's bring on uh, Gloria. Gloria had a great weekend. I believe there was a birthday party. Let's let's bring her a, a big clap. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Gloria, how you doing? That is a nice. I like that um, that applause on a Monday morning like this. <laughs> you know, I, I, I always thought it would be good to like walk into a room and always have that with you. You know, you should somehow have that on a back speaker. A hundred percent, like on a Wi-Fi every morning when you wake up, like, great job, you're up, you're alive. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Fantastic for you. Awesome. And then midday, you should have a reminder again, you're doing awesome, keep going. <laughs> keep on breathing, especially keep on doing now. a good job. I know. Yes, especially now during this crazy times. Um, I mean... I, I see this time as a blessing, to be honest. Yeah. Things are changing. People are yeah. waking up. People are finally understanding what's going on. Even those who are heavily asleep are kind of budging a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy. Honestly, I have, since day one of this lockdown, I've just been like very fascinating, fascinated about everything that's going on. And uh, yes, it's been very sad. A lot of people have died. A lot of things have uh, changed. A lot of businesses have gone to the shithole. Um, right. But you know what? Everything that happens to us 
bad or good. We are always learning from it, and we always rise from it much stronger. So I, I tell everyone, like, whatever happens to you, it is for a learning, and it's for yourself to understand something about you Correct. and how you can overcome this. Because, there, I mean, you can either give up on life or, or keep pushing. That's how I right. see it. So I, I right. see this phase of life very interesting. I'm blessed to be a part of something so historical. Right. Um, just seeing everything as positive as well. That's now, where I'm at right now. <laughs> Gloria, do, do you have the do you have your phone close to your mouth, or are you using uh, your headphones? Or I'm using um, the speaker. So okay. if you want me it, to use headphones, that would be better. Or no, no, it's just, it's just a little difficult to hear you, and I want everybody to hear you very clearly. Okay. So, How about I just put my phone on my ear? There you go. The speaker? That's it. There you go. Perfect. That's it. Awesome. That's it. So, awesome. what do you what do you, what do you what do you think of Black Lives Matters and and how it's uh, conducted itself so far? Um, I think it's uh, great again that people are waking up. I think that um, here, let me go back to one part that I had to audition for. Um, it was about a year ago or less. And um, it was, I had to play a half black woman and uh, I'm, I'm North African. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what to call myself. I have had this debate with um, well, so my other you are an African American. Well, yes, technically, I, I became an American uh, about six years ago. Okay. Uh, but I'm born and raised in Sweden. But my parents are North African, yeah. uh, so I could say technically I am African American right now. What part of um, North Africa am I to ask? I'm Moroccan. Oh, Moroccan. What a yeah. Moroccan is and, where Stephen Burroughs was, or John Burroughs was, or Stephen Miller was. This is a, mm-hmm. that was a, that's an incredible place. I, I love the country. It's beautiful. A lot of um, filmmakers filmmakers go out there and shoot. It's very yeah. artistic. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, back to Black Lives Matter. I grew up in a very white country, uh, Sweden, and. Um, during that time, I think my parents came there uh, during the 70s, and it was very rare, very few immigrants, uh, but there were. And um, I do believe that my parents uh, went through a lot of racism, and you know, they opened their own businesses, they worked hard, they worked several jobs you know, to maintain their life there, and they moved out there for a better opportunity for me as a child. So... I, I've experienced racism over there, skinheads walking up to my mother when I was walking, four years old and screaming at her, get the hell out of the country, we're going to kill you. Or, you know, that has been just growing up and walking on the street feeling unsafe has been, you know, fearing for my life at such a young age and seeing my mom just you know, ignore the words and just keep walking with strength. Right. That um, was very ad- admiring. So coming from another country and seeing this here in America, which I, I, I moved to New York because I wanted to feel 
like not an immigrant. Right. So I moved to New York. I studied here. And the moment I landed, the moment I saw Times Square and I saw everybody around me, I felt like, wow, I'm home. Nobody really looks at me differently or asks me where I'm from originally. <laughs> you know, right. just I was a part of America right away, which was right. amazing. And I think that's what America portrays to the world, that this is a land of opportunity. There's such a mixed diversity and, and culture rich and I love that but then as years went by I've lived here for 15 years and um, I've seen the diversity I've seen the you know the the Spanish Harlem like I'm talking about New York now but I've seen right. the the different cultures everywhere spread out and very segregated um, but you have to live here to really see that um, which is sad, you know, and that I feel like there's so many shades of colors that we're all being attacked in some way. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Right. So sure. back to the question of Black Lives Matter, I am, I feel like I can talk for hours about this, but I am um, you have too. really blessed that this, yeah, that, that, that this is happening right now and people are protesting and people are becoming aware and, and educating others and, you know, standing their, their stands and they're unifying with, with uh, our people. Because, I mean, black people are, are equally important like everyone else. And I feel like the, the white, the white um, privilege that this word has been it's started to trigger now right. during this time. I feel like um, we need to erase this uh, trigger and just, I don't know how to explain that. I'm not fully American, so I'm trying to express myself um, good here. I, I think that people need to educate themselves, like you mentioned, yeah. watch films there's so many films out there and right. i heard that they took away um gone with the wind what's this movie yes and i uh, that's one of my favorite movies Mine and too. i i think that by taking it away and i'm i'm not by me like i understand why they took it away but at the same time that is what happened back then yeah right. and you know, as my, we can't take away slavery because it happened. We right. can't take away, you know, but we can educate ourselves and watch the films and see how unfair it was and how much of that is still going on today. Well, I think a lot of people and, are taking the, uh, the Gone with the Wind situation a little out of out of context because they are going to bring it back, but they're going to bring it back in a way that uh, says at the very beginning that this film is based on this and this film is based on that. And then you're going to see the entire film. So they're, right. they're just kind of, they're just trying to put it into context right now and then they'll bring it back. But a lot of mm -hmm. people think that it's just I being understand. destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's not being destroyed. Right. It's not being thrown away at all. It's not. And, and I agree. I mean, the TV show Hollywood right now has also a lot of that in it. And uh, right. I think it has a great voice that, um, you know, it, it couldn't come in a better time, this TV show. <laughs> it's like right. incredible, actually. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, right. Um, so back to I had to uh, audition for a part as a half black woman uh, with with. So I I since I didn't grow up in America, I wasn't I we weren't really taught about the slavery. It was very right. touch upon on the surface. I had to learn more about European history and what's going on in Sweden, et cetera. And there was very little about American history. Right. I went to the library. I had about eight days to turn the self-tape in. And I went to the library, and I was in shock of how much. I just learned so much about that time just to get into character because my right. my mother was in as a character she was black and she was a slave and she had a child with a white man her master right and i i learned about all of this and how i am not going to tell you more about what the project was for but sure it was so interesting to just there's so much information out there about this time and what happened, and really how these women felt. Um, I, I, I cried for a week. I was very depressed. I was, you know, I had to, I had to be this, that strength for the cell tape uh, because I had to, I was a leader of, like, the new movement in the right. project, that right. we were, you know, a diverse group, and there was a lot of half, half uh, white, half black uh, people that started their own plantation, but with uh, better rules. So right. it was that was the project about. But um, again, there, it's all about educating yourself, right? And I had no idea about all of these things. And then I, I after my reading, I um, watched films. So I didn't really touch upon <laughs> my my sides until I knew everything else behind it. Right. What the plantation, the 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 white privilege back then, and and how the slavery started. Even I had right. no idea coming from Europe, you know. And I think that. Um, you, do you know I, much honestly, about the slave? Do you know much about the slave era? Um, well, during that time, I was I was not much, honestly. It's just from what I've watched in movies and from mm. what I've studied during that week. But honestly, in Europe, we do have a very good um, unified, like we we respect everyone's culture, even though I had the incidents with um, some skinheads. Um, right. There was very diverse Stockholm, very diverse, that's where I'm born and raised. And um, we had a lot of um, interesting different cultures, different shades of black and brown and and, and they, we were all respected um, right. in the same in, back in Europe, like out in other countries, I've traveled um, everywhere and everyone is very welcome and warming and so seeing the difference now here in America, what's going on right now and I love that Europe is um, also doing the hashtag Black Lives Matter and, and That's right. coming along the train and, and, you know, being unified with us. And we, we are one as the world, you know. Right. So that's... Well, well Gloria, you, you mentioned that both your parents came from Northern Africa, which which tells me that they were both black. 
So how does it feel to be in America and play a mixed mixed person, somebody of mixed blood and what have you, when in actuality you came from two black parents? Yeah, um, so that that's one thing. I, I just got to start with this little conversation I had with some of my friends that were from the uh, middle of Africa, but they were born and raised in Sweden, and they were a darker complexion than, than I am. So they right. kept... We were. They were joking around with me, like, "Laurie, you're not black. Do you, you see your skin color?" I'm like, "But I'm African, just the way you are. Um, I'm just another shade of brown." Right. Um, my father was very white um, and very European looking, so right. he would never be been taken as an African person, even by looking at him. Uh, my mother is darker than me, so hence me looking mixed. Um, and I think that's why I've been, been called out for mixed ethnicities a lot here as right. an actress. Um, did any, did yeah, any of your uh, friends growing up make you feel guilty about being, I mean, it sounds like they did make you feel a little guilty yeah, about, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, about a looking a little white. I yeah. felt like, listen, I think that we're the same. And I felt, you know, we it was um, we were just joking around, but I felt like this it became like a heavy conversation. But sure. I was like exed out, you know. And I was like, but I'm I'm the we're African, we're all African, but yet, no, but you are different. You're you're pretty white, Gloria. And I was just like, <laughs> no, I I have a heavy textured hair, curly, right. you know. Right. And um, maybe I'm um, I don't know if this is a. a a way of saying something, but acting white, this is what, what they attacked me with, but you act right. white. So you're white. And I was just like, I don't know if this is like, you act white here. Right. Now. Yeah, you said, you yeah. said you act white. <laughs> wow. That's, that is brazen. That's what they said to me. That, that's what was said to me. That was just wow. like, interesting. Um, is there a way, and mind you, we all grew up in Sweden, right? And we're all African. So this was right. when we're all friends. So we were, we were having this debate on who's black in in this group, and I was just right. like, "Well, I'm I'm black too because I'm African." No, no, you're not, Gloria. You're white. <laughs> but do you see my color? And I'm also from the same continent as you. Right. So it was kind of um, it was it was a funny conversation, but I will never forget it because I did feel exed out in in this. Um, how do you say it? Community. <laughs> yeah. I'm like afraid to even say words like privilege or community or anything like that because I feel like right. we all should be one. We're all the right. same. We're people. We're humans. Like that's great. That's, that's, ingre- where that's incredibly insulting. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, because I was just like, but you know, and the same goes back to when I, I'm born and raised in Sweden, right? Mm-hmm. And then I never felt like home there. So I had to leave to feel like home somewhere and be a part of a, a bigger unity. That's how it felt like um, right. that conversation. was like perfect summarized right. by how, I, how my <laughs> move was. You, have you ever seen a movie called uh, Self Made with Octavia Spencer? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I saw so, it. You, it's a you short, the- a short 
episodes. Oh, yeah, with four episodes. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. You see that lighter-skinned I mean, woman. You can see how she was treated opposed to how Octavia Spencer was treated because one was light-skinned. Thank you for telling me that. That's exactly how yeah. I felt. Yeah. I saw the mm. film, and I was just blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly how I feel. I feel like I'm, I'm torn, and I'm a right. part of both. I'm a part, like, I, I don't see, okay, so here's another thing that I saw online a lot with, okay. I don't see any color, and it's supposed to be bad to say that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I understand that from both point of views, that I don't see a color in anyone, because I see, I see everyone equal, but I do know that there is a color and difference between everyone. Right. Um, so could you please explain to me why it's bad to say I don't see any color because I really believe that everyone is completely equal from my Well, I, I certainly don't want to be the representation of this format, but I will tell you this, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to say that you don't see color is to say that you don't see the representation of a human being, that you don't see that right. person's identity, that you don't see that person where they're coming from. You don't see that person's struggle, so that that's that's what so that means. So it's on means. a shallow side. I, I see, yes. I see where, where that yes. is now. So it's then, no, that's a good that's a good person. point to make. It is it is based on the shallow side. You're right. You know, and yeah. you know, for, well, you know, for me, I don't I don't I say it a little different. I say I don't give a shit what color you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I really I really but I, that's, I, I, that's I, different. Yeah, that's I honestly different. just don't. And I honestly I guess just that's don't how care. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, that that's how I feel. Like I don't really give a shit where what color you are because I, no, love I don't care you, who of of who yeah. you are and I don't care. That's a way better way of saying it. Yeah, I just don't care. My exactly. my parents were Im- my parents were immigrants to this country. My father came from Sicily, my mother came from Japan. You know, I had a lot of people be racist against me, calling me Mexican, to call me this, to call me that. I had people mm-hmm. saying that I wasn't white, I wasn't white enough, I looked too white. All this, mm-hmm. all my life, it's like, you know what, just shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, just shut up. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to be who I'm going to be, and my identity is yeah. what I make it. And, I, you know, exactly. I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you the honest truth about one situation. My, I had a best friend who died and was buried on my birthday. And just oh, just for sorry. literally hours, I forgot that he was black. I, I, I just forgot. And when I went to the yeah. funeral room and I saw him with an afro uh, in his in his kid picture when he was a picture as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, Eric's black. So, <laughs> so I definitely had one of those moments where, where I was kind of like, oh, you know. Like I, I was absolutely blind to color for just at least a, a little while, but yeah, that's typically what Americans feel. It is more on the shallow side because mm-hmm. uh, they want to be it identified. So I yeah, now. I'm so yeah. sorry for everyone who maybe thought that I was like uh, ignorant right now saying that I don't. See you know, you're, you're not that's from not you're not I mean. from this country. You you necessarily didn't go through their struggles. You know, they have different struggles yeah. out here. You know, and you're I'm learning. And, 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 yeah. I am learning and I want to learn more. And you know what? I, 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 just the other day, I was like rolling down my window and I was like, you're beautiful. The stunning African-American right. woman with silver gray hair. And she was like on the curvy side. And I just seeing her face, I had to honk because she, she was wearing AirPods. And I, right. honked and I was just like, you're absolutely stunning. And her right. smile on the face was just priceless. 
So I feel like we should start doing that more. We should Absolutely. start acknowledging yeah, everyone and helping out. And, yes. You know, and it, honestly, when I came to America, I, I fell in love with with people's way of talking because right. – you know, when you're in Sweden, I grew I grew up learning British, right? That was hmm. like our school yeah. English. And sure. then I had cable, so I was watching American movies. But mm-hmm. at that time, during that time, there was not a lot of like lingo, you know what I mean, that is in New York, like New York lingo. Maybe some, maybe some TV shows, but I didn't really, I didn't really understand that until I came to New York and I heard all these different dialects or accents you know, the Spanish Harlem accent. And then the, we had the the African-American, like American-American accent. I, I, I right. love it so much. I love the way they talk. <laughs> I love, uh, you know, I grew up with Will Smith, the show, the, the Fresh Prince sure. of Bel-Air. And right. he was like the world for me when it came to, that's a perfect show to talk about, actually. Because right. you have this like, the 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 white privilege in an American black American family, right, right, right. That's what that 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 show was perfect to right. to explain. And then Will Smith came from Philadelphia and trying to teach him all this, you know, the lingo and like guys loosen up. You guys act like white or you know. So it was, it was right. interesting to watch as a European child, you know, uh, a Moroccan European child. And that was so fascinating to me. And I I found that that show was everything. I had to run home to to make the time to watch it every single day. Do you remember anything that your parents Uh, said to you when you were young that that kind of reflected, like, culture? Like, you know, be careful about this, be careful about that? Yes. So here we go. Um, I remember when you said that, that triggered me. Uh, There was one day I had... I had a big group of friends that were from all over the world, right? Um, Asians, black, Amer- like African, like Central Africans. Um, it was a huge mix of, of people there, and I love that right. because I feel like that's why I'm like, I don't give a shit of what color you are because you're, right. you're my fellow human. Um, right. I came home and I did, um, dre- not dreads, but I did a full head of braids with uh, color beads because here, this is so funny because it's so out of um, the talk now, but I was listening to Offsprings and the, the yeah. main singer, he was white and he had this head of um, braids uh, with color beads. And I did that because I loved I love that that band. Sure. But then I I was also representing the African culture at the same sure. time, right? Right. And then my mom goes, "Oh my God, take them off right now! They're gonna that's not good right now. Like you can't <laughs> you can't be wearing that. You look more black now." And I was right, like, <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. And she just did that to protect me, not at all right. on the racist level. But we did live in a very white country. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I would say my mom would be the mom in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like that's uh, how she always carried herself. You know what I mean? Very proud. Just to kind of fit in. Very proud to fit in. And also because she was working as a, in journalism. So she was. Oh, really? Um, wow. 
Yes, we have to translate Arabic um, um, text to Swedish and vice versa. So she had to do that, and then it was just, I came home with these braids, and she was like, take them off right now. I'm like, why? This is so cool. Like, I'm African, right? And then, like, right. my favorite lead singer in the band is wearing it, and he's blonde and blue-eyed. So, like, I right. think this is, like, perfect. And, yeah, so that's answering your question that feels – that was, like, a, a epiphany that I got. Right. How about your father? Remind me of your question again. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, I was just asking about your mother and how she, how she felt about that. But now I want to know about your father and, and what was your father's attitude? Because usually fathers oh are a God, little bit more dismissive. But what was he like? My father was the coolest hippie man ever. Like <laughs> I think he started traveling. Yeah, he started. Tra- so. This is one thing. In Morocco, we have a huge diversity. We have all shades of color possible, right? Right, There's a poster that is online somewhere. So you can see the types of Moroccan people. We have, like, the blackest of black till the fairest of them all, redheads with freckles. So that's That's the range of... Yes. So my father's side... um, they came from, I guess, during the colony of the war, um, from, I guess, Germany and France. And so he's a Berber, right? Hence his color. He's very white. He looks very Spaniard, maybe Italian even, like, you know, dark hair, greener eyes, and and complexion that is of the white. Um, tanned, he got really red and peeled. Pretty much. Did you say? Did you say Berber? So Berber, yeah. So that's. I haven't heard that. Native. I haven't heard that word in so long. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead. Isn't that? Yeah, weird? that. So my father was a Berber. He died yeah. in two thousand. Um, two thousand one. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was very rare due to cancer, but it's, it's devastating. Yeah, it is what it is. Devastating, yes. Um, yeah. But he had a rich life. And he started, he left his Berber colony, (laughs) which, you know, I I visited a lot when I was a kid and we rode donkeys to get water from a well. (laughs) And then then it was, we literally sat on the stone, like he had like huts, like his family lived in in stone huts and they had animal farms and an olive olive tree um, farm plantation and it was just basically very simple life you know so he Sounds escaped wonderful. that a very amazing i want to visit again we, yeah i ate eggs straight out of a chicken's butt and i mean it was perfect as a as a kid um but we um we traveled once a year and we visited his family but my my parents were very wealthy uh, no my mom and her parents were very wealthy. And okay. speaking of maids, we had, we basically had, well, I don't, I didn't live to see, I, I wasn't alive to see this, but my mom said that they had maids that right. were Central Africans, you know, that came to Morocco to work. So, right. but she, that's she very typical for, your, for European countries that is for, to have a maid is, is extremely typical we have maids as well in, in my country with my family yeah. as well. And it's very typical. Yeah. yeah, very typical. But 
But now that I, when my mom yeah. told me that they were of of uh, black color, it just felt like wow, what it, really? And she was like, no, we loved we loved all of our staff. They were amazing. We treated them perfect. They had their own rooms, like right. in in the house, you know. So she and we were talking about the slavery time, and and she said, now this was in the slavery time, right? This was like right. back in. 50s, 60s, 70s, that um, they had these maids that cooked and cleaned and they were treated with a lot of respect and there was no, you know, none. They were just working. They were just maids uh, of color, you know. And uh, seeing that Morocco Morocco is is a country of color too, there was just like privilege, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So my my mom and her family were of a of a privilege in the country. So my my dad my grandfather was probably one of the wealthiest in the country. He owned a mm-hmm. um, huge fruit fruit plantation farm that he distributed sure. uh, to stores, etc. And uh, he was always an entrepreneur. He was in real estate. So and trust me, I don't I I have none of this inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even because he left my grandmother and married a second wife, which was allowed in um, Morocco at that time. Okay. And he married a whiter woman, a whiter woman than my grandmother, because my my grandmother was more dark. Um, so it's interesting because coming from my background, with where Morocco is also very diverse. And right. they also see people as of a you're black and I'm white and you know I I have aunts that are all of all shades of color some are whiter some are darker some are you know what I mean so right I'm in this um, mix of everything that and I see I see from Sweden's point of view and I see from Morocco's point of view and 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 now I'm in America and I'm I'm just like overwhelmed with this beautiful love that's going on with standing together and we're unifying and we're basically eliminating racism trying to when you were in sweden at at any time at any time did you feel like you wanted to be either more black or more white was there ever a time that you did you struggle with that honestly Okay, so I've had different groups of friends, you know, growing up as a teen, you always go through friends and shelters through friends, and some stay, some stick together um, till now, actually. Um, and I would say, like junior high, there was a, I think there was one Swedish boy in our class, or no, not junior high, uh, elementary school. I was, I found my school catalog, and in our class, literally, there was one Swedish boy. Just one, pure Swedish, blonde, blue-eyed, just one in our full class of uh, 20. So it was really, really interesting <laughs> to see that. And the, the rest was like maybe half black, uh, Kur- like Kurdistan, Persians, Turkish. Like it was just a mix of every, everyone. Right. Um, but I feel like he, I remember he was very, he felt a little bit threatened for being alone <laughs> and, you know, not really understood. But he played, I mean, we played, we were having, I think I even went to a play date with his, with his, uh, in, at his house. Um, so I was always around everyone. I was taught by my parents to 
to that everyone is equal and I was right. never taught any any racism or like no don't go with that person that person is black or that person is white it was just like yeah your guys are friends cool you know um but uh going back to if I felt so I did have a moment where I was like I had a a lot of black friends and and I felt like the need to be more explore my my North African more of course hence my braids and standing standing with them and you know um but then I, I I had friends that were like all white and Swedish and you know they took me in with love and very interested in the color I've been I even had a very Swedish boyfriend for five years and yeah. I guess I was like the pop of color in their family that stirred up some conversations and you know and taught them a lot you know right. Uh, but I was always welcomed with love um, because I, I, I never felt maybe you know what maybe I did feel at one time one point during that relationship because it was my first long relationship ever and I was very um, intertwined with their family so I think one day I went for dinner at his extended family and they were they were very white um, and they just, you know, hello, you know, spoke to me differently. And then when I when I started talking, they were always like, this happened to me a lot. Wow, you speak very proper Swedish. <laughs> wow. You know yep. I, mean? I yep. felt very offended right there. And I was just like, yeah, I, I'm born and raised here. So I wouldn't see why not, you know. Yep. But then again, but then again, in my suburbia where I grew up, I grew up in a heavier, diverse um, little, uh, how do you say, I, let me see if I can, I grew up in Brooklyn versus the inner city, you know what I mean? Sure, that, I know what that, you're saying. I do Instead that. of Queens, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe Queens. So everybody yeah. had a way to talk, you know, like, right. kind of like, hey, go get me the coffee. But I, I didn't fall <laughs> for that. Or I right. couldn't do it because I felt maybe because of my parents uh, um, raising me very, you know, you got to educate yourself. You got to do this. This is really important. So I never really spoke this lingo. So I right. was too white for my fellow immigrants and I was too, <laughs> too proper <laughs> for, right. for the white people. So I was very confused. I was like, okay, so I don't understand. Um, and then there were moments where I tried to, you know, be a part of the lingo and, and talk the way everybody talks in my right. community where I lived. But then they're like, oh, my God, so what? Are you, like, in a inner city school or something? Because you talk like – so basically oh for them, I kind of talk like valley. Like, oh, my God, you're, like, so proper. You know what I mean? Right. For them. <laughs> For my community, I, I think in America, what they would say to to a black man or black woman that spoke like that is, "You speak very white." And what I, what I what, yeah. what I'm seeing now is in Europe, they say they say the same thing but in a different way. You speak very proper, yeah. and it's like, why wouldn't I speak proper? I was born here, stupid. Yeah, I was born, and there was a lot of these questions too. 
where are you from, Gloria, before they heard me talk? And they're, oh well, God. I am from here in the hospital in, the, in their city, but my parents are Moroccan, and yeah, you speak so well. That's very incredible. And I was right. Like, well, right. Well, you know, I, that's just how I, as, as a person, I didn't choose to speak in a different way. It's just right. who I am. And if and I I could say this too, like my sister, she's eleven years younger than I am. Okay. And she speaks very proper today. Right. And uh, we basically didn't grow up together because it was such a gap. Uh, but I did take care of her a lot when she was little. Right. But I saw her and her community because we grew up in the same area. They have the lingo and they stand unified and they are very you know. We are a lot of Moroccans um, together right. uh, as sure. friends. And I do believe that she adapted the lingo. That was the difference between me and her. But she grew out of it. She she lives in Germany now. And she speaks um, proper, according to Swedish. Can, can you imagine the, um, that the Germans with their history are less racist than other countries are right now? That's amazing to me, I by the way. It. Incredible. <laughs> I, I think that's amazing. They have gone as far. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane, yeah. especially what they went through. I know. You, you know, yeah. in their in their country, you you can't bear the swastika or any any statues, any of the mm-hmm. people from World War Two. But in America, you can yeah. put as many Confederate flags or as many Confederate. You know mm-hmm. it, that that is that is crazy to me to think about. It's it's you insanity know. to me. I, I, yeah, it's insane. I, I think it's uh, that that should all be removed. I hope that you know these statues are are going away, and I hope that these small you know, we, towns, we, like we we just talked yeah. about it yesterday. There's 1,500, and I'm sorry for interrupting you because this is your forum, no. and I want you to speak. But there's there's 1,503 oh, memorials. There's 718 statues. Most of them were put up during 1900 and 1920 during the Jim Crow era. And then the other half were put in over the 1950s and 1960s during the Civil Rights Movement when Martin Luther King was walking down the streets. So they were put up for very specific reasons to put down black Americans or make them afraid when they walk through their towns. That, that is a very weird thing to want to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's um yeah, I'm honestly I'm I'm just stunned by all of this and here here's one thing me and my husband my husband is uh he's white and he's Russian yeah yeah you just you know I knew that him. I knew that but from your last name I knew you were Russian <laughs> I'm like you're a Ruski yeah. aren't you <laughs> I am right now um, he is. You know, he even told me his father passed away not long ago, but he, he yeah. was like, if my father met you, he would be like, you're with the colored woman. I know. Rus- Russians are incredibly racist. They're incredibly mm-hmm. racist. Yeah. My, 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 uh, my roommates are Russian. So we talked about this entire thing and she's like, yeah, Russians are very, very racist. Go ahead. It, hopefully this has changed, but you know, he he said that, and he he's always been you know he travel he's a well traveled man, 
he he's lived in Asia and India and you know Beautiful. Turkey and he, yeah he's a very he's a very interesting Russian man like completely different from the stereotypical one. I was right. at the birthday party yesterday and there was uh, all the women there they were all Russians and she was like it's very interesting to see a Russian man with a with a, a colored woman. It's normally diff- uh, on the other side, like a Russian woman with a colored man. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I mean, they didn't say that racist at all. It was more like, right. It's so cool to see this, you know. It looks um, to me like your. It looks to me like your your daughter is very well loved, and that your family yeah. is very well put together. It looks like a very healthy family. It looks like your husband yes. has just adores you, and oh, and he's, uh, uh, he's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying all Russians are racist. I'm just saying that it's a very typical, a very typical thing. It's very stereotypical. It's very stereotypical for Russians not to like black people. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. He, he, honestly, um, he told me, I haven't been to Russia yet and we're planning a trip. We were planning. Oh, great. COVID happened. Uh, but he was like, just be prepared for a yeah. lot of looks. <laughs> yes. But you yes. could actually you could actually pass for an Armenian or like a southern Russian woman. And I was like, Maybe. Really? Yeah. Like, I think so. <laughs> Maybe. You know Maybe. the the thing I... is that your 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 bone structure is so so wonderful. And you are incredibly Perfect. beautiful. So so when Thank when you. I, I think when the men look at you, I don't think they're gonna think this is a black woman. I think they're gonna think you're beautiful. So that that it was interesting about racism and beauty is that most people are more um, inclined to like women than they are to hate races. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it that way. Yeah, they're more inclined yeah, to like well, to right. They're they're more inclined to like women than they are to hate races. It's very well put together. I like that. Yeah. I, I yeah. totally agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that that brings me another question now because um, I'm following Sweden a little bit. I'm like sure. going and trying to get back into the the grind over there because um, not really liking what's going on in Hollywood right now. So sure. I'm thinking of taking my acting career back to Europe, and I know that they are wow. very welcoming of women of color, and especially with uh, acting experience and studying out here. Right. Um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, no good. You were talking about going back to Sweden. You were talking about um, yeah. that they accept pe- people like yourself, people of color, and what have you. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So now I, I've been seeing my old agency because I started modeling when I was 16 over there. And that was, it was interesting. I didn't like the industry back then. I was like, no, I need to travel. I need to do stuff. I don't like this. But I did it a little bit. And... Um, now that I see my, when I go back to my agencies and see their um, boards, beautiful, stunning black women from Africa, straight from Africa. Right. Like we're talking about Somalians, Eritreans, absolutely gorgeous. You know, gorgeous. And I don't, I don't think that you know when you were talking about beauty. Yeah. In 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 a colored person, even like we're talking right. about men too, right? Um, right. We don't see that, that then the racism is like out of the it's like <laughs> out of the equation. Yeah, because our, our, our blood yeah. runs towards love and lust 
way more than hate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then are we talking about now back to, you know, the, the lingo and the, 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 you know, the word thug is also very triggered right now. Right. Um, because I believe that there's thugs in every color, in every Everyone. color. Um, you mean thugs? You mean thugs? Oh, yeah. Thugs, there's like, there's like, thug whites, there's thug blacks, there's thug Chinese. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Everybody. So I think that if I would call myself racist in anything, I would be racist to improper behavior. And that right. could be you know, in any color. You know, you know now but, that you said, you know, yeah. <laughs> go, please go ahead. Please um, let you finish, please. Yeah. It doesn't mean that none of these people should be treated badly by the authorities. Right. They're supposed to be protected and served by the authorities and not right. be threatened but by any color. But if you're, and no, no one, even with the worst behavior ever, unless a cop has to protect themselves, you know, from getting killed. Like if, if let's say, if um, white thug has a gun pointing to a, to a cop, then right. that's a different situation. But when a sure. man runs runs away and he's being shot down, that doesn't make any sense to me. It just reminds me of the slavery right. and how, you know, like that to me is I don't understand. And back to the authorities, I think they all should have training like we have in Sweden. Or a year. I agree. It's like a full college degree. It's a three-year training, and I think they should. Well, have let's hold, hold back on that one. Mental. Hold back on that. Yeah. Let's, let's let's talk a little bit more about that in a second. But if you if you don't mind, yeah. may I may I share a story with you real quick? Sure. So, you know, thug thug is is one of those things that is a trigger question right now because of our recent politicians. They use thug for usually black and hispanic people so they call them thugs yeah. so that's one of the reasons why people are triggered but i'll tell you a situation yeah. i was in i was playing a video game with a close friend of the show and a close friend of mine sean piccinino and people were saying the n-word constantly they're saying the n-word, and they were white guys you can tell mm-hmm. they're white guys in the n-word the n-word yeah. the n-word and we told them that we were gonna we we're gonna call microsoft and we're gonna get them kicked off they said go for it so we, we got off the phone. I got mm-hmm. him kicked off Microsoft. But one of the guys who was a rant, <laughs> I know, is really great. I love that kind of stuff. But there was a guy who was with us who was, we don't know, he was a random. We just picked him up out of, of nowhere. And uh, he goes, you know, I feel really bad because I feel the same way. I go, what do you mean mm-hmm. you feel the same way? And he goes, well, you know, I feel the same way, but, you know, black people. I go, let me ask you a what? question. Yeah, he, he said the same thing. He was admitting to it. And he was being very kind wow. and very kind of sad about it. And I go, let me ask you a question. If you saw a bunch of black people sitting on a stoop, meaning um, a stairway with bats, would you be scared? And he goes, yeah. Mm. I go, if you saw a bunch of Asian men standing by that same stoop with bats in their hands, would you be scared? He goes, Yeah. I go, if you saw a bunch of, uh, you know, white people 
standing by a stoop as you're walking by, as you're walking by them really close and they're holding on to hammers and bats, would you be scared? He goes, yeah. And I go, I think your prejudice is against white thugs or I mean, excuse me, young thugs. Because what you're afraid of is young people who can potentially hurt you. I don't think you're racist Mm -hmm. against black people because you don't sound that way. You sound very sorry. It sounds to me like you're afraid of people that could hurt you and you feel weak. And I think that's that's the differential between a lot of people. It's like, I don't think you're racist. I think you're just afraid of being hurt (laughs) by anybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, please tell me about the, the... yeah, you're just scared. You sound scared to me because you admitted to us, you admitted to complete strangers that you didn't like black people. So I felt inclined to educate you or to talk to you about the subject because you felt inclined to share this information with me. And I felt bad for you because there's no way you could be a racist if you admit it. There's no way, dude. I mean, people don't admit yeah. stuff like that. You know, like they hide it. They don't. And they yeah. show it in weird situations. Hide it and they're very, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. So he's so, so, like, oh, I'm, I think I'm racist. I feel really bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it. no, no, I don't think you're racist. I think you're confused. I think you're just afraid. And I think you're young and mm-hmm. you're fearful and you're kind of scared. And you should rethink your, 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 your objectivity about the situation because. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be labeling yourself incorrectly, uh, but you but please exactly. tell me about the situation with the police in Sweden. You're going you're gonna to tell me about that story. Yeah. So the police in Sweden are very educated. First of all, to get in is a huge test. You got to be in top form, top shape. You got to be mentally healthy, like 100%. They go through so many uh, tests to to get in to the academy. Um, And the academy is not, you know, it's not six months long or six weeks long. It's it's a few years, you know. I think it's like a three-year program. And uh, to get in, you got to pass extreme physical tests, extreme um, psychological, uh, um, how do you say it, you have to you have to go through tests that that a normal person would probably not want to do. You know what I mean? Um, like I didn't like we had fire fire drills when I was a kid, and we had to crawl under a little like a tiny space. And I, and I have um, what's it claustrophobia, and I refused to do it every time. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, okay. So stuff like that, like cops have to go through insane training and then they're being reevaluated on their mental health and they, they take tests throughout their careers. And, you know, they, I think they even see a psychologist um, because their work, work load is, it's a lot for them. And I feel like here in America, it's just like anyone can be a cop. You want to be a cop? Cool. Awesome. Here's your diploma after a few weeks. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. At all. I agree with you. And I think that I, needs to be changed. I, I, I went to college for criminal justice, forensic pathology. I wanted to be a police officer since I was five years old, a homicide detective. Wow. And when I was in mm-hmm. college, I, I didn't realize that 
no police officer was doing what I was doing, that my job when I graduated was to create and make law that my job was never to be a, a person who carried a gun and walked the streets. And I thought to myself, oh. why don't, why don't police officers do this? Well, why aren't they forced yeah. to take these classes that are, mm-hmm. yeah, Latin and law, forensic pathology, criminal mm-hmm. justice, 102, mm-hmm. 103, 104, 105. Why aren't they, 100%. why aren't they, why aren't they forced to do this um, instead of just going straight into the streets and what we call mm-hmm. baptism through fire. And that is probably yeah. the worst thing you can do to a human being is to get their first impressions of human society through criminal activity. It's like, that is the worst mm-hmm. thing to, 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 to give to like some 18 year old, some 20 year old It's like, yeah. okay, this is a criminal. This is what most people are like. It's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Most people want jobs. Most people want to make love. Most people want, you know, mm-hmm. to make movies. Most people want to write books. Most yeah. people want to live their ordinary life. They don't want to do this crap. I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. But yeah, I, I do believe that our police system needs a restructuring. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about reform, defund, and disband our police department. Because what America wants to do right now and what we're doing, what we've been doing for about the past fifty to sixty years, is we've been reforming our police department. Now, what Black America wants mm-hmm. to do right now, and White America wants to do right now, is they want to defund the police department. Now, I understand that it's taking away funds to to give it to other organizations that allows those organizations to take over jobs that police officers don't want to do. But it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like any politicians want to do that. It seems like all politicians yeah. want to reform the police department. But if that's going to be so, I would say if we're going to reform the police department, like you said, and I agree with you 100%, they need way better education. They need way better education. Way better. They, they, they need to yeah, go to college. 100%. Yeah, I, I go to college. They need to go get, back to school and do right. this, or just take, I don't know, online classes as they work. They need to educate themselves a lot right. more. Um, right. They need to have workshops, like workshops with, with, um, with mental health people, you know, psychologists. Right. They, they need right. to have, especially those who are in uh, our police officers for years now, they should just be introduced to new things. Maybe not go back to school, but they need to be going on, on uh, retreats or like, right. you know, not retreats, right. like comfortable ones, but like workshops and right. where they can reevaluate their mindset about a lot of things, you know, to right. be, and, you know, filter, we need to filter these cops. People need to right. be fired. They need to be let go. Like, I agree. We don't need this kind of damage in our society. We don't need, um, you know, this Ku Klux Klan racism going on. Right. Uh, low key in the police. <laughs> like it's, it feel, it's starting to feel that way. But or the confederate or the confederate flag and it, it raising up we don't we don't need any of this stuff yes. yeah no, we don't need that we don't yeah. need that i mean honestly though i've lived in la for 5 years yeah and i have never been pulled over by a cop ever Maybe hmm. because I'm driving a Honda Pilot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. 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 it's a family car and it feels uh, like it's okay. 
Um, but in New York, uh, I was pulled over for some speed and whatever, but nobody has ever been rude to me or anything like that. Really? Um, so I have Good for you. Yeah, I haven't gone. Yeah. Well, good for me for sure. I, I've never felt any discrimination or anything like that. Like, get out of the car or like, can I see your trunk? Like, nothing like that. Even have you have you have you ever had like an over yeah. have you ever had like an overt racist situation in your life? In America or in in Sweden? I either. Either, um, I mean it's just little things, you know. Right. The, the biggest one was when I was like four years old and I was walking by the subway with my mom and there were skinheads walking around there standing in corners like hanging out like thugs you know and they were you know coming close at us and telling you screaming at us telling us to get the fuck out of the country i mean that was probably the biggest those that's not sweetheart i i I, i'm sorry for calling you sweetheart but that that is not that is not a little thing (laughs) <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. the sweetheart thing just yeah, came out of nowhere because he, yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that is not a little thing. It's not a little thing. Yeah. So, I mean, except for the small things that, you know, discussions with friends and like me being torn between the, the white Sweden and the colored Sweden, um, that was the biggest thing that I've, I've experienced with skinheads, you know, um, right. people wearing um i mean i own a pair of doc martens today and so do I. I think it was also weird yeah right they're great shoes but it was like a skinhead apparel um, right and also the so with white I with white laces though they wear theirs with white laces yeah. yeah yes that's true i didn't even think about that um but there was one thing that another symbol that i didn't even realize i loved anything about Vikings, right? When I studied yeah, sure. it and I was like, this yeah. is so cool. So I, I got a gift, a Thor a hammer, a Thor's hammer, and I wore it. Um but at some point I was also into heavy metals, uh, heavy metal music because awesome. that was just what I was yeah, I mean like it was just a part a phase and I was listening to like Metallic Iron Maid and all these Good for you know you. back then. Yeah, I just I I wanted to know more of of everything and not just stick. To, I also you wanted to be cultured. To yeah, you wanted to be yeah, cultured. Exactly. I mean, you wanted to listen to all things. You want to be cultured. It was awesome, awesome exactly. of you. Exactly. So I just thought, okay, listen. I so here's the thing. A guy in my class, uh, he was half black, half white, but looked very white, and he had curly blonde hair, mm-hmm. and. He was Jamaican. He was half Jamaican, but his dad was black, but he just right. got all of his mom's skin, skin complexion. Sure. And he was the one introducing me to this music. And he was like, listen, Gloria, you're not really listening to music. You're hearing music. So he gave right. me a bunch of CDs and albums to listen to. And I, I just, I got hooked and he introduced me to, you know, you don't have to listen to commercial music. You can listen to messages and like good music out there that is that can raise more of your culture. Um, 
but I also listened to Tupac. You know what I mean? Like I had of a variety of everything. Yeah. Of I'm I'm more of a, I'm more of a Biggie guy. I like Biggie Smalls a little bit more than Tupac, but I, I get it. I understand. You know what I, mean? I was more of a I was more of a Tupac fan, to be honest. Really? Yeah, big big, big When I listen I to was, Biggie, he he speaks guy. my language. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I was born on the West Side growing up in Stockholm. I mean, that yeah. was, it was a big deal. It was like yeah. Stockholm people was more on Tupac than Biggie. Yeah. It's, it's another talk, topic itself. But Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what? And I was wearing this uh, Thor's hammer, a very solid silver chain. And then people are like, oh, my God, you're racist. I was like, what? You're racist? <laughs> not racist. I love Vikings and the culture of Sweden. And I, I got this hammer. And apparently that's the kind thing yeah. to wear. Melnir. I was, yeah, I was very, very surprised. I was like, oh, but I just like Thor. And I still like Thor today and the movies and all that stuff. So yeah, so do I. Don't I. Know. I, I never, You're a black racist. Look at you. I'm a black racist. Yeah. That's so crazy because you like Thor's hammer. You know the the things that yeah. the things that people think is is incredulous. You know you I I, yeah. I can't get beyond it. You know. So they thought you were a racist because you're wearing Mjolnir, the, the Thor's hammer, which is actually part of the yeah. culture from where you came from, uh, where, uh, where Thor actually, he was not extra human. He was not a son of, of a god, but he wore, he wore the hammer and he wore a, a magical belt as well. And that's how he yeah. fought his fights. And he was, he, was, he was a very wondrous human being. It's very different than Amer- how Americans made him. So they thought mm-hmm. you were racist mm-hmm. because of this figure. I wonder That's how they would right. thought you were racist yeah. if you wore like Hercules stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was very interesting, and I was like, all right. But hence me moving to New York. Yeah. I felt very, um, very free here, free in America. I felt you know, that reminds me a lot. That reminds me a lot of of uh, of self-made because it took you to move to New York. To feel like these are my people. Remember that movie in in, in Self Made where she went to she went to yes. New York and she's like, these are my people. Yes, exactly, and that's why I I related so much to the film um, because I mean she's also an entrepreneur and I'm like, oh my god, I moved to New York and I became an entrepreneur during my college um, studies. So I was just yeah. like, this movie is of everything. I mean, it's yeah. more towards you know the the culture the black culture and right and then but i also felt connected to the women the, the light-skinned ones that were like right. treated unfairly as well right you know right but i mean like here here's the thing i feel like racism is everywhere you know i felt like also pushed away by my black friends they were like well you're not you know, you're not black. What are you talking about, Gloria? Like, stop. You're white as you can be. I'm like, but do you not see my my skin color, my texture, my hair? I'm African. Right. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, thanks. Is it is it because they felt like you didn't you weren't going through their struggle? Probably. 
probably. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was that. I think it was right. the struggle. And then also they identified themselves with like, you know, the, the, even though they were Swedish, the American culture, you know. The, right. Malcolm X and slavery and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I love Malcolm X. Like, I totally, every word he's saying, like, I, I all of that that's happened that time. I, I, I cry when I watch the films. I, I feel so connected to all of that. Sure. Um, but just because I carry myself in a different way, does that mean I have white privilege? I don't right. understand. That's that's the thing that I am like also confused about. And I'm so happy that you brought me on this podcast because I feel like um, you're clarifying a lot to me, you know, Um, I'm learning as we speak and um, yeah. And you're you're teaching our audience a lot of stuff as well because our audience is listening to you from all across like Belarus to Russia to, to all all the way around the world. You're, you're, we were both educating people, but you know, listening to your Mm -hmm. story, it's, 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 I can see how racism and uh, prejudice is, is very Mm -hmm. universal and it's said in different words, but, but it's used this, it's used the same way, which is to oppress us or to push us down mm-hmm. in a way. Now, I want to ask you about your, your children. Is there a certain way that you teach your children about America, especially since George Floyd? Is there, is there a way that you teach your children today that's different than anybody else? Or do you just teach them like everything is fine? Um, I do. We do talk about what's going on today. Um, they're homeschooled. And they've been homeschooled since before because they're actors too. Uh, so we decided to take the homeschooling route because sure. it's easier with our schedules. Um, we talk a lot about what's going on in the world. I'm, I'm very unfiltered that way. Um, we, you know, gr- they grew up in New York, you know, part of their, they went to school in New York. So they had a very diverse experience they had they went to an amazing school midtown west with um a lot of diversity there was not a is lot that is that manhattan yeah 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 in manhattan um because i had an address there so we we just went with that school sure. and um i you know i have they they i mean they don't give a shit about what color anyone is honestly right. like they, they don't they don't at all they right I, again, I can't see say that they don't see it, but but they don't give a shit, right? Right. For them, everyone is their friend. Um, they have my my son's best friend is half black, half white. Um, right. My daughter has a best friend who's um, also mixed ethnicity, Arabic and Asian, and then another best friend of another child that I have uh, is. Um, also half black, right. uh, but she has another friend who's like Hispanic, you know, hmm. like completely right. Hispanic. Um, so there's, we have um, a big diversity going on here and they don't give a shit about it, but we do, I talk about it, especially lately with Black Lives Matter. Right. Um, I tell them, and even before this, I, you know, because 
they've experienced bullying. My son was bullied in school, and that was also one of the reasons why I was like, I'm "Why was he bullied? I can't have this." He was bullied because they thought he was um, like, "You're an actor." You know, there was a, a lot of kids that were like, "Jaden, why are you not in school? Like, what are you doing now?" Some gay stuff, like commercials, like gay modeling. Like they were just calling him gay and and such. And I'm like, this "Really is so weird." I mean. If he and I, I tell him to his face, if you're gay, I don't care. I love right. you for who you are. If you're not okay, you know, it's your choice, your life. And this is this is one example, right? I tell them all the time: there are women who marry women, there are men who marry men, and that's just love. So this is one example of how I lead my children, and we've been talking about this for a few years now. They're ten and right. nine. Uh, the older ones, my young one is three. So my twin daughters, you know, because they, they see people hold hands. Like, I think when they were like six years old, like, oh, there's two guys kissing mommy. And I was like, yeah, that's just love. They love each other. You know, there's nothing. I didn't put a label on it. <laughs> right, you know? right. I didn't say like, yes, they're homosexuals. I didn't say it right. that way at all. Said, right. Yeah, because they love each other. And it's, it's, and that isn't, but isn't it supposed to be a man and a woman? Like this is, you know, in their own, right. because they see me and their dad, right? right? So I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be because a man and a man can love each other and a woman and a woman can love each other. So, and then they started seeing that in school because they're like, oh yeah, my friend Nick has two moms, you know? Right. Or like, so it, They've been exposed to it, and then I mean, of course, I'm I'm going to talk about it as just pure love, you know. Sure. So they can have a good mindset about it. I, um, I want my I want yeah. my audience to know something. You know, uh, you know, you guys who are listening to right now, you know, kudos to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court today passed a law on non-discrimination against gay and LGBTQ community. You saw that, right? You know, there was one Republican in there and i won't name his name right now but i want you to look him up i want you to look this up they thought that he would go against this ruling he did not go against this ruling he went for the ruling i believe it was i think i think it was three to two it was a huge huge accomplishment and a huge number and a great great uh win for the lbgt community and for the gay community so Mm -hmm. please continue Yes, and I'm I'm really this is where I'm at. So yeah. whatever that's the linear raising I'm doing with my kids, like we're just nice. all about love, respect, and equality. And right. you know, and I see them; they're amazing human beings already. And you know, now we're tackling the tweens and, and emotional, right. hormonal stuff. So that's another thing. Right. But um, we're talking about Black Lives Matter. That that what's going on in the world right now? I am also um, now that they're stop. They have summer vacation. I have a couple films. I'm going to start watching them. Documentaries. I right. actually, at the moment I see any any bratness or spoiledness in them, we're talking about food. Like, uh, can I don't want to eat that today? I'm like, okay, so let's watch this documentary. 
Let's watch this documentary. And I found this beautiful documentary. I forgot the name of it. But it was all cultures from all over the world. Right. With less, they have less. That They just have less. You know, so I I wanted them to appreciate the moment of and, and like having a gratitude for what we have and what's being served and what what we have living in Los Angeles. You know, this is a huge. We we are so blessed to be living here and and like this. So the documentary showed different lifestyles everywhere in the world, but they're all the whole linear of the story was happiness and gratitude right right they were less fortunate they had to walk to school for five miles with barely no shoes and they were just so happy the kids that were just happy you know and they showed north africa they showed and there was like berbers just like my dad grew up right and i was like oh my god this is my culture this is my culture guys you know i was really happy to show that and they were ha- they had to cook for themselves. They had to study in a different way. They had to walk so far to school. They had no transportation, and they were just, they watched it fully two hours straight right. without a word. Right. And they were just like, "Okay, mom, thank you. We appreciate everything." I mean, like from the bottom of their hearts. Like w- w- my twins cried. They're very emotional. They cried right. seeing how people are living. You know, so for them, they're blessed. They feel blessed. They feel gratitude. So this is what what I, as a parent, I, I I put on the documentary the moment I see anything go off balance. Hmm. So this is yeah, again about Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna watch Thirteen with them on Netflix. Yes. Um, yeah. One one uh, film I want them to see. I'm gonna find some easy slavery movies to see where this is all came from. Um, Glory you know, is, is, is a great easy yeah. slavery movie for you to watch. If you want to watch one. Um, okay. Yeah. Glory with Denzel Washington. I, I, I tell you okay. it's an easy, cause they were in the civil war together and it's an easy way to, cause we use it in school a lot of times. It's, it's really a great mm-hmm. movie to educate your children on, what happened during the Emancipation Proclamation and then what happens during slavery? It's, it's a really an amazing film. I think you really love it. Perfect. Awesome. That's going to be a film for the week. Um, so yeah, I'm just, this is one way to educate them because I'm also educating myself. So I can't really, I can say a few things, but I want to show them and I want, right. I want to have them read certain books. You know, the same as I see an interest in my child being an entrepreneur, I give him um, books about entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial uh, things to read about right. for his right. level. So there's like, I just see how they are and I mold them after and then I feel like, okay, you love art. Okay, let's push you in the arts. Um, so there's, I just respect them as humans. Yeah, you're a great mommy. Great! It, it, it's thank you. I, sometimes I don't feel like it, but no, no, no. <laughs> I, you, I, I saw the way I saw the way you treated your children during during the birthday. You're you're a great mommy. You, you contribute a lot. Let me ask you a question: Is there ever been a time, or, or is there a time where you had to educate your own husband? Uh, 
on on your culture or, or what's going on? Uh, I have because he, he's from. Sorry, he's nice. He's born nineteen seventy nine, right? Um, yeah, and he is a part of that big change in Russia. Sure. Right, like uh, the, from the big evolution. Yeah. Big revolution. So he is, and he comes from a small town, right? But then he does. He he started learning um, himself when he moved to Moscow, and then because he had a big modeling and acting career, uh, then he just he got scouted and he moved to Moscow, and then from there he started traveling, and he worked a lot. Um, so he learned a lot, but he is so lost in American lingo, right. <laughs> the <laughs> culture. Everything music-wise, you name it. Like this guy only listens to Deep House. This is what he understands <laughs> and likes. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach him a lot of this, you know, um, music culture, and I try to right. teach him. But he watched a lot of movies with me, so he's like, "Wow, that really happened! Like that's that's crazy." But he's a very humble, grateful man, and and eager to learn and he's he's like a sponge and he's um right he's all about meditation and he's all about you know did humbleness it, and did it bother him to know yeah. that his children are you know half black and that they live in a world or at least in a country that doesn't quite um accept that and what have you yeah he he is but so for a lot of people, they would probably think that he's like ignorant because he doesn't, first of all, he's not really a lot on social media. He's not like a part of that world, but he's, um, he has his photography business in there. So, but he doesn't post a lot. So I, I keep telling him like, listen, this is what's going on right now. And he's like, yeah, I know it's crazy. And yeah. he's just in, in his own little world, you know? So he wouldn't post like a black screen and like hashtag Black Lives Matter. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not involved. He's not in part of that world. Yeah. He's not. And he, it's not because he's being ignorant at all. He just, you know, we just moved to a house. All he does is fixing around. He's like in the backyard and he's settling in and you know he he's just in his own little world. I understand. And he learns a lot from me. Yeah. He's just like you know he's not a part of that. You know, I think we had a conversation in the car on the way to the birthday yesterday. I was like, you know what's going on right now? This is happening. And like, look, and I show him like videos and stuff. And he's like, wow, that's crazy. That's really cool. That's, you know, so he's for it. He he loves it. And he's, yeah, he's concerned. He's concerned. Nice. We were even talking about, uh, I, I'm, I'm against guns, right? Right. This was a topic we had yesterday at the birthday party because, the dad for the birthday girl is a cop, a Mexican cop. Okay. And uh, so I was like, how are you doing? How's everything? He, so he was in in an accident. So he was out of work for a month, uh, but he's getting back into it now. And he, he was discussing with us like how everything is crazy, but he is very, this guy is amazing. This cop, yeah. he's like, we do uh, workshops about um, what we spoke about, um, to learn more outside of just being a cop. Yes. To learn mm-hmm. more about behavior. Like, he's very into Burning Man, this guy. Like, he's <laughs> very spiritual and humble, and that, that's why right. I guess we, as a couple, we're friends. 
but so he's a different cop, you know what I mean? He's a very humble and down to earth. So he, we were talking about it and we we spoke about guns. And last year I was like completely against guns and I don't want to even have, my kids don't even have a toy gun ever. Right. They haven't ever right. owned one. Nothing that shoots. We've had water squirters. That's about it. Um, right. Nothing. And when friends have it, when they go to play dates, I'm like, they know, they know. And I let them play with it, but we don't have that at home. Now, due to recent uh, times, and I'm pretty, I mean, it has been developing a fear in everyone. And I feel like just being in a country where it's so easy to get a gun and it's so available and many people have it. Um, I think that the, it could be, I'm still against it. And I, st- I still think that we should have a lot more control in it. Um, I'm even ready to have one for protection because it's scary out there right now. I mean, I'm, I have the citizen app and people are, there's reports on my app constantly that just a few blocks away from me, there's a gunshot. There's a gun. And I, I live in a very safe neighborhood. I'm in Sherman Oaks, but it's not safe anymore, especially after everything that's happened. So, do you have a gun? I'm, I don't have a gun, but we were talking about it yesterday, and uh, both me and my husband have been very against it because we were like, why? It just promotes violence. It's just right. not right. But then I'm like, okay, I, that people need to have a license to get one. Right. I think that people should go through screenings, and there should be a very long uh, procedure to to even get a gun. And you know, I don't disagree I with you. Yeah. I don't disagree. You, no? you don't agree? No, I don't no, disagree. Go, go I don't ahead. disagree. Yeah, th- exactly. And that ha- that's the thing. So I feel like I'm ready. to. Pr- we live in a house now. We always lived in condominiums, apartment complexes, and I felt safe. Right. Safer. Right. Right now, I live in a house. And there's a lot of things going around around me, a mile, half a mile away that I see there in the citizen app, and it's scary. It is right. frightening. So I discussed this with my husband. I spoke to the cop yesterday, and I was just like, I am, and he's like, Do you want to be a part of these workshops we do? You know, self defense and how to like carry a gun and all that. I was, For sure, he's like, We don't really offer it to civilians, but. And he said that civilians should take these. I'm going to start, uh, he's going to bring it up with his community and he's going to mm-hmm. see if he can find a way to start a civilian class. And right. I'm going to go to one. And since I'm, an, I'm an actress, so I was still going to a shooting range to learn about guns. Right. And I figured, why not? I'll, I'll learn and I'll keep one. I'll have a small one for my protection, my family's uh-huh. protection. But always, have, always, I mean, always keep it in the safe. You have a key for, by the way. Always keep it yeah. in the safe. Leave a key. Yeah, I, I've taught people. I've taught the police and the military how to shoot guns. Sixty-nine twenty, sixty-nine forty, AR-15s. Those long rifles that 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 the that the, that the uh, military use. Yeah. 
So I've been teaching them how to use that. Glocks for sheriff officers and police department. I've been teaching them how to use those for over 27 years now. And I am more trained than any cop I've ever met in my entire life. And, w- and when I look at the training that somebody needs, that somebody that I would want to train, they need to be very well trained before I see them own a gun. You know, yeah. it, because it's a, it's a very difficult subject. It's a very difficult thing to very, do. Very, and, and when, and and when like, you... Who am I go ahead. now? Am I yeah. saying this? This is like, I'm, I'm shocked of the words coming out of me, but just because yeah. my family and I protect I, I get it. and we're living in a world like this, it's insane. Yeah. But you know, I, like I said before, you know, just for, for my advice to you, get a gun that not only has a keypad, but also has a lock and key because kids are so smart. They will get through that thing in five seconds. And the last thing you want to do, go ahead. Yeah. We have a detached garage, which is our office studio, and it would be locked yeah. in, in the safe, locked in yeah. inside the safe. Keep it in the safe. <laughs> kids are very, uh, kids are very, very articulate. They're very, very quick to learn. You know, I, I remember, I remember this thing where a fi- seven kids from like Africa were giving uh, laptops that when you wind it up with a string, it powered up and you can use it. These kids got mm-hmm. into the infrastructure of the, of the computer within seven days. Within seven days, they wow. were further into the computer than most programmers were because they're so curious, because they're so smart. I mean, just children. They're so smart. They yeah, know. And, and yeah, it, they're so smart. I see it. Yeah. yeah. And they thought to themselves, what are these loincloth children going to do? It's like they're going to do a lot. I, I would be yeah. very careful on how. So, oh, I'm so, like just the thought of me even thinking about getting one is out of my. It's blowing my mind right now. You're doing the right. Like, you're wow, doing the right thing. Happy. Don't second guess yourself, but but also protect yeah. your children from the forward progression of their own intelligence, because they they you know what I mean. Because curiosity doesn't just kill the cat; it kills children. You know, so just protect mm-hmm. them at all times. You know, that's very fascinating because I did want to ask you the question of, you know, as you're teaching your children about Black Lives Matters and what have you, what do you want? I mean, and I hope you do not go back to Sweden because you're precious and I, I'd like to keep you oh. in America. Yeah. I mean, oh. you're adorable. You're precious. And I want to keep you in America uh, because you're an American oh, citizen. Yeah, I I hope to keep you, and I will I will write, sign any paper that fights to keep you here. But <laughs> but but, the, no, but I, I will be here. This is my my base, but I do want to venture good. out to. Um, I have a voice. Do that. that needs to be heard. And go out and there. I want to go back and, and yeah. show them what they missed out all those years. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but I oh. do want to. I want. So as an actress, uh, going back to, uh, I'm not in it for the Hollywood fame or, you know, becoming a celebrity. I want to, I have a story to tell. I want to also produce right. and direct. Um, so of course you do. Going to, of course. Um, has me going back to Europe. I feel like the films being made in Europe has a voice. It's beautifully done. I, can you I'm, do me, can you do me a favor? Can, can yeah. you come back to the show 
and if, when you're this huge director and a producer, I mean, will you will you actually give me the glory of bringing you back? Of I mean, I, I hope you're not going to ever be too big to ever not oh, come back no, to my show so, and tell honestly, me about what you're up I, to. Go ahead. No, I honestly I will remember this so much. Like I, I remember everything that touched me and like that I could have a possibility to voice myself. Yeah. And I, I would always stay humble. This is where I'm this is why I want to tell stories. I love acting. Yeah. This is my passion since I was a kid and I'm so grateful to be able to do it now. Yeah. And I know I'm on, on like um a very beginning phase of it and I'm touching upon everything, but I am so grateful for pursuing this with strength and I'm, yeah. I'm connecting with beautiful people around me, like-minded people. And I'm so ready to tell stories and right. hence me being, you know, I know that this is a world of huge competition and I think the only way to do anything that you love is to take your own um, own stance and start right. your own projects and not right. waiting for that opportunity because so many people are doing their own thing and why not do it yourself, you know? Right. Um, and it's going to be on your, and in, in your terms, on your terms. Right. Well, I, so, can, I can't, I can't wait to see your future. Your future is so bright and you're, you're, you know, oh, you're, you. you're so, you're, you're so articulate on what you want to say and how you feel it's easy for my uh, my audience to understand where you're coming from and to be educated by your experiences which 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 is a such an amazing thing such a gracious thing such a fantastic thing because it's difficult to articulate these things to people uh, regardless uh, mm-hmm. of your ability to sound whatever as people would say it's difficult to articulate a lot of these feelings. I want to ask you one more question because we, we need to go now. We, we've almost been together sure. for two hours now. But what do wow, you... What do you that flew by fast. Really fast, right? I mean, when people say really they don't fast. want to come on for two hours, I'm like, dude, I mean, this oh, stuff goes I by... Don't... Yeah, this stuff goes by really, really fast. fast. Really I've fast. I've enjoyed myself and I could go on for another two hours. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> but, yeah. so I can go on for another two hours with you as well. I mean, I can. There's so many other things I want to talk to to, to talk to you about that it's it's impo- almost impossible to get to. One thing I want to get to you about is what is what are the, what are the snacks like over there? Because I know what the snacks are. They're a little crazy. But let's forget that right now. What do you what do you want for your children? Let's just say in the next ten years of being in America. What do you want for their future for the next 10 years in America? I want them to be safe, safe to express themselves, um, especially my son, right? Um, I was very worried of raising him in New York. And when I found out I was going to have a boy, I was just right away thinking about (laughs) pants down and like, you know, talking in a thuggish manner and he had to be pressured by other boys and you know do stupid things and that was my first thought when I was like oh my god I'm gonna have a boy I need to uh, humble him so much and I need to you know and right away I, I I think I'm a manifester because I during my pregnancy with him I said I want him to be a handsome nerd and he became a handsome 
he's 10 years old. And he's a very you know what's weird? And I know exactly what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be a handsome nerd. So he became a handsome nerd. He's 10 years old, and he knows a lot more than me. When, um, but he says he said a word that I didn't even know. I forgot the word. We're at dinner, and he was like six years old, and he goes, like very big word for his age. And I was like, right. what does that mean? And then my husband was like, what does that mean? And we like, looked it up. You have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, he's too smart for his own good. Like that's that's what I manifested. So I've, I've I heard that before. Yeah. Right now. My my ten years ahead for him being a boy and being of color, I I'm worried. You know, I, of course I'm worried, but I I want all of them to pick up and leave. I want them to go travel. That's number one. I I think traveling is way more important than college. Um, he's already talking about Harvard and Yale, and I'm like, no, Jaden, you need to take one year, and you need to travel. And I want you to start in Sweden because that's where grandma is if she's still alive. But wow. I'm taking you to Sweden. Now, now I understand and why your husband here. married you. Yeah. You are very, oh. very smart. Listen to you. Wow. What a great mother you are. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. You're an I excellent mother. And my dad, thank you. I don't think the college, I went to college. I feel like I just paid for a very expensive piece of paper. Uh, right. I've always been an entrepreneur. Exactly. I never worked for anyone, so I don't understand the college right now. Um, I think that school of life is outside in the world. And uh, if I could pick up today and have the, and sell everything and and just go travel with the kids like that family does, a bucket list family. Right. I would do it. And I I admire them so much for just exploring the world together with small kids, they're incredible. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that um, in you know situations and, and life. But I do want them to go out there when they're 18. I want them to get a ticket and just travel anywhere. Right. Just take right. take the world round trip world and just live like locals everywhere. That's my right. advice to them. And then they can come back when they're ready. So I, one right. year they have to promise this. And I'm probably going to write a letter to them because you know you never know if I'm still going to be here in ten years or you know. We just we don't know. So I, yeah. We don't know. We don't know anything. So no. I want to have it in written that they need to do this. You're very wise. You're you're very wise, and, and you've blessed our show with you being on. Uh, your somewhat naive attitude about certain things yeah. has lent yeah. itself into this, into um, instructional conversation. It's lent itself in the, in the conversation that otherwise would not go in a certain direction. Uh, you've mm-hmm. educated our, our audience. You are incredibly bright. We we're so blessed to have you on, and so welcome oh, to have you, you on. So I, I hope when you go. Good Do you feel okay? Like this. I okay. feel amazing. I, I feel so I, energized and pumped. So, and so a, lo- a like lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people are very afraid to come on the show. They, they, they don't want to come on because they, they feel like they're going to get fired. They don't want to come on because 
they don't oh, feel like no. they can, you know, that they're too upset to talk about these subjects. Mm-hmm. There are so many different feelings they have. It's, it's, it, it upsets me when they don't want to come on. Because, go ahead. Do you know what it is? It is no. uh, fear of what other people thinks of you. Yeah. And that ruins the world. Right. I have worked on it so much because starting this career, my acting career, that was the biggest thing for me. What will people think of me? And I think that's hmm. everybody's fear. What will hmm. people think of me? But when you start not caring about that, life will change to the most incredible thing ever. When you just start thinking about you and your surrounding, your immediate surrounding, my family, that's all you need to care about. It's right. all you need to care about. No right. one else. I mean, yes, it sounds selfish. I think that we need to stop thinking about what other people will think of ourselves. I don't think it sounds selfish that's at it. all. I think it sounds very intelligent. Yeah, it, it's I think, not, yeah. yeah. It's very wise. That's the, that's, that's the one thing that people need to stop. It's the biggest thing that people are worried about. And that's why you maybe a lot of people don't want to come on the show. I yeah. felt like it was a blessing, an opportunity. And yeah, I might fuck up. I might, I might say right. the wrong thing, but it, right. I know who I am. And I don't care right. if I will get a hate message or... A love message. I mean, either or. I will learn from it. So I can, I, I can only me. I can only see love messages. So because of everything yeah, you well, said was everything you said was very clear, very understandable, uh, very precise. It was your own personal experiences and not your opinion of other people's experiences. So you weren't speaking mm-hmm. for other people. Uh, you were speaking for your own life and your own experiences and your own children's experiences and your husband's experiences. And, and it's very blessed to have somebody who can articulate um, their family's experiences and what have you in such clear thought, regardless of, of race and age or, or, or gender, uh, have the ability to mm-hmm. articulate themselves in a way that everybody understands. And what I can see from my audience right now, because I can see what they're writing, uh, they all love you and they all appreciate you. Oh. And they appreciate you being here just like I do. Now, how can, how could the audience and do you want the audience to be able to reach you? Of course, any questions, anything. Oh, you died off. Where'd you go? Gloria, you went bye-bye. Gloria? Gloria, I think you're either on mute or you, or you shut your phone off. You're, you're, you, well, it seems like you're so connected. All right, guys, we're going to wait a second. We're going to wait for Gloria to come on. You know, I want you guys to remember what, what I uh, mentioned today by Rashad Brooks. Uh, look, that, look that video up. And... Uh, and uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on on the subject and what have you. Give me a call at, uh, oh, she's off. She'll give us a call back at 515-602-9609. Listen, I'm I'm going to talk about Gloria right now. Gloria Mamaroff, and I I knew for a fact she was Russian because of that last name. What a great human being she is. What a fantastic way 
of uh, starting the week off. Intelligent, no intelligent, but wise. Wise in experience. I'm going to tell her to call back. Hold on a second. I'm going to tell her to call back and 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 uh, and uh, tell us uh, tell us everything. There you go. I told her to call back. All right. Anyways, so what a fantastic human being who has the ability to share her experiences and her life with us. You know, she she came from you know Morocco. She moved to Sweden. She came to Brooklyn, you know, and we talked about that, that movie, which I want all of you to see, which is self-made with Octavia Spencer, you know, a fantastic movie. And she said she definitely can see herself in that film. You know, she's an amazing human being who has a lot to say. There she is. There you are. Awesome. <laughs> and she has a lot to say. Um, and just tell, tell our audience how to, how to get in touch with you and how to reach you. Yes, you can always find me on Instagram. I'm very active on there. I, I answer everyone's messages um, about anything. I'm also a health coach. Um, I really care about people's well-being. And, uh, yeah, you guys can email. I have an email link button there on Instagram. Anything that you want to know, um, parenting, um, living a plant-based lifestyle and staying humble throughout this crazy time and grateful, just email me. I'll help. I'll try my best to be very responsive fast. And um, it's been a pleasure being on here and hopefully have some of your hearts and continue to do so. Gloria, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your spirit. And thank, thank you for you. your patience. Thank you so much. You've been an, inc- you've been an incredible guest, and, and God bless you. And, and, and I, I hope everything goes well for you. And happy birthday to your daughter, by the way. Oh, it was, yeah, she was last week. Yesterday was oh. another birthday. But, yeah, it was uh, not oh. long ago. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> happy happy birthday to her. Week. Happy birthday to her last week then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're so Gloria, we're gonna we're gonna clap you out of here. I hope you have a, a great time and and please, please don't get too big to where you can't come back because I, I can't oh, wait to, to see your future. Either or bigger, bigger, smaller. I'm gonna come back. Oh, you're gonna sure. be big. Trust me. Okay, here's your here's your clap. Here we go. Woo! Thank you. Woo! Have a great day, my friend. Have a good- You know, damn these uh, computers, man. I, they, they just, yeah, I just touched the button once and it just hung up right on her. Um, you heard me talk about Gloria Memorov. She's a, an excellent human being. And thank her so much. God bless her so much for being on the show today. She showed us a different side of being Black American, of being in the vein of, Black Lives Matters. She showed you how the difficulty of going through white supremacists in Sweden. She told us uh, some of the difficulties she went through with some of her own family, some of her husband's family. 
she shared a lot of things with us. And we're very appreciative of her honesty, her sincerity, her care, her patience, and her love. Gloria Memorov, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was our honor to have you on today. And to all of you that are listening today, and there's, I know there's a lot of you listening today, I want you to remember that this moment in time is about all of us. Not one, not three, not nine, but all of us. When Rashad Brooks died, it should touch all of us. When George Floyd died, it should touch all of us. We are all human beings. We all want to live a good life. We all want to get married. We all want to have children. At least most of us. These are times, these are the age of changes. The end of the Confederate flag. The end of the Confederacy as far as statues. The start of a new generation. And people used to complain so much about millennials. And they're the ones who are out there marching, making things known, saying Black Lives Matters. I commend you all. Bless you all for being strong, for being kind, for being generous with your time. Thank you all. This is a time of self-reflection. Have you read that book? Have you written that book? Have you watched that movie? Have you written that movie? Have you changed have you changed? When this world opens up, and it's about to open up any day now, are you a different person? Are you going to show this world how different you are? How much better you are? How much more you care? Don't you want to hug people? Don't you want to touch people? Don't you want to be near them now? We've been so far from each other. Are you more than you were today? This is the time. Look in the mirror. Are you more than you were before? Well, I believe you are. I believe you are more than you were before. I trust, believe, and love you all. Be more than you are before. Care for one another. Love one another. Take care of one another. Most of all, be well. I love you all. I want you to think about these times together. And I want you to be well. This has been Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Come to Instagram. Cinema Files Radio, and come follow me, please. Steve Pisa, I'm your host. I'll talk to you soon.